When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, a wild Tuesday. Great to be with you on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson, and his glorious mullet is in. And we are busy. We are going to talk Big Ten. What do you do for Ohio State as the Big Ten world turns? And it is absolutely scramble mode for a brutal commissioner and a jackass league. We'll see if they figure out a way to keep a team in the title talk. No Michigan, no Ohio State. What now? We can dive in. Numbers to get in. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Willie J on Twitter for Will Wilson. So... Uh, you have uh, a, a large entree in front of you with the, the bigger picture of the Big Ten. So wisdom would tell you that 2020 has been an absolute bleep show. Wisdom would tell you that you need to figure out a way to include bye weeks that w- would count as makeup weeks for football. And you have this minimum rule set of six games played to qualify for a championship game. That's all the Big Ten. That's Barry. That's the athletic directors. That's the presidents and chancellors, right, that you're going to have to go to now, either tonight or tomorrow, once the athletic directors get together and say, yeah, we need to rewind a bit to make sure Ohio State's got a chance to play. If I'm Indiana, I'm ticked off. Because Indiana's going to miss the Purdue weekend this weekend. But Indiana has not missed a game yet. So technically, they're the new Big Ten East champ, even though they lost head-to-head to Ohio State. So what's going to happen this weekend? Let's go dive through this. What we do know and what we do feel is the fact that you're going to get Nebraska-Minnesota at 11 o'clock, maybe with a little snow. And I think that'll be a lot of fun, specifically since I get to be inside for it. But in all honesty, my my first concern here is, all right, Nebraska-Minnesota, we'll hear from Coach Fisher, Coach Chenander, and a little bit later, uh, Mitch Sherman will be with us in 15 minutes from a perspective. Rick Kaczynski back with us in one hour. And then we'll head to the Big Ten and get the latest in the uh, insight from Rick Pizzo. Big Ten Buffet, get his take on what the league's doing. So you have the cancellation of the most prominent football game on the Big Ten calendar. That's Michigan-Ohio State. 
As it stands right now, you have Ohio State fourth in the college football standings. They have played only five games. Michigan's canceling this weekend because of COVID. And you have the Wolverines that are in shambles. The Buckeyes a game below that threshold. Ohio State currently can't qualify. Indiana would represent. Uh, These are unprecedented times. The Big Ten said in a statement, the health, safety, and wellness of the student-athletes, coaches, and administrators, and fans, campuses, and the surrounding communities remain number one priority of the conference and its member institutions. So you had Kevin Warren did do a question-and-answer session with the Sports Business Journal. Kevin Warren said the league needs to remain fluid and nimble. Thank you for that. So you have no dance partner for Ohio State. Here are your options. And you have have Yahoo, Pete Thamel, reporting that the league is not leaning, at least at this point, they're not leaning and switching around scheduled games. You have Iowa, Wisconsin this weekend. You have Nebraska, Minnesota this weekend. You have Maryland and Rutgers this weekend. You have Penn State and Michigan State this weekend. What you don't have right now is Ohio State and Michigan, and you do not have Indiana-Purdue. Okay, Purdue has paused all team activities. So you've got a mess. So here are your options. You go find an out-of-conference game, you know, like Nebraska wanted to play, wanted to play and got told to go to hell. Ohio State, A&M, That'd be sweet. It'd also be go big or go home for both teams. Knock yourself each out of the playoff. You have A&M sitting at 5, Ohio State probably sitting at 4, around 9 p.m. Central tonight after the college football playoff rankings are revealed. Ohio State is still passing the eye test. So you have Ohio State that can play Indiana again because Indiana doesn't have anyone to play. Good luck and have fun trying to beat them twice. They're a resilient bunch. But Ohio State State did it once. Maybe they do it again. You do that. You find an out-of-conference opponent. Or you shift and say, okay, Maryland, you have yet to play Ohio State. You had to cancel due to COVID. You guys play football. Maryland, you head to Columbus. Ohio State, you head to Maryland. Do whatever. Or you just revisit and say, okay, we're going we're gonna to revisit that, that six-game threshold. It's okay to be five. And meanwhile, you're going to Barry Alvarez throw a hissy fit because Wisconsin a week ago looked like they didn't have a lot to play for. They had to pause. They weren't as crisp or as sharp as, let's say, when they were ready to go kill Michigan like they did coming off of the Nebraska week. Got a big difference in how Wisconsin looked in week three versus last week, and credit to Indiana with a backup quarterback that went in and, and went in and won, 14-6. to, to six. So uh, Alvarez will do, I think, what's best for the conference, but Ohio State, I should say, uh, Wisconsin didn't have a whole – a lot of umph or motivation last week because they're eliminated on top of Northwestern beating them, right? I mean, Wisconsin, they were eighth or tenth in the country two, three weeks ago. Now they've fallen to two and two, and they're barely within the rankings. So this is what needs to happen. 
You need to protect Ohio State at all costs. So figure out if and where they are at with the playoff ranking. Okay? Do they still come in at number four? If they miss this weekend, let's see what you do schedule-wise for Ohio State after the fact. They technically can't play in a Big Ten championship game. Do your TV partners want Indiana and Northwestern? That's going to be part of this conversation, too. Because Ohio State can't go what I think the league will do. The athletic directors just say, let's, let's take care of Ohio State. Let's be unanimous. After we chastise you privately for an hour, Commissioner Warren, on being awful. Let's get Ohio State protected. Let's get a payday for the league. We all know that Ohio State's the best team in the league. Or you just tell Indiana and Ohio State to, to play a second time. That's what's open. Now, you have the ACC that's already stepped forward and set a precedent. They canceled the Wake Forest game against Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a beat-up football team. Notre Dame's played a lot of games in a row. And Notre Dame did not want to jack with going to Wake Forest and then having to rematch Clemson. Okay? So you just kind of gave your two golden boys or domes, one of them anyway, a pass. And that's why you have Clemson, Notre Dame set up. If Clemson wins, great, Notre Dame beat them. You as the ACC got a great shot right now because you punted the Wake Forest game uh, of having a fresh Notre Dame team, a really good Clemson team with Lawrence back and revenge on their mind. You as the ACC have a chance to get both teams in. Bama will beat Florida, theoretically. The winner is in for the Clemson-Notre Dame ball game. The loser of that, as long as it's not Clemson and they are a two-loss team, Notre Dame should get in, and then you take Ohio State as the three-seed. Bang. That's how it works out. That's what you'd want to see, right? I mean, it's it's a playoff you've seen before a few years back. Why can't you solve everyone's problems, sweetie? I, I just, it's not that hard, really. It's really not that hard. Either Ohio State gets a, 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 a second dance with Indiana or you let them play out of conference. There are your answers. And, and meanwhile, Nebraska knew what they were doing all along. We'll get Mitch Sherman's thoughts on this. But you, you have Nebraska fans coming out of the woodwork Again, with the, the I told you so, and, and that's well and good. I get that. Right. Uh, do you reschedule Michigan, Ohio State at some point, even after a conference title game? Do you let Indiana and Northwestern play but still have, okay, maybe Michigan, Ohio State's all better COVID-wise next weekend? Right, because, I mean, you're going to have nothing. And Frost said this yesterday. No one knows. It's not set in stone who you're going to get for that championship weekend. You're supposed to, to, to match up with teams that were similar to you in, in the crossover, right? Mm-hmm. So that means Nebraska, as we talk right now, 
that means Nebraska would have a chance to probably see Michigan State or Michigan or Rutgers. And I don't care who Nebraska gets in, in week nine, you know, after, you know, during the, 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 the weekend of the 19th. Just let's see if Nebraska, you know, locally here at home, let's see if Nebraska can win Saturday and then win again and get to four and four so they can play Wake Forest in, in, in North Carolina on December 30th. That's one of the projections that are out there. I'm all about Nebraska getting to a bowl game this year, more practices, and I'm all about Nebraska keeping a lot of really good seniors, talking them into a sixth-year super senior season because of this pause on their eligibility. I don't know if I'm going to see JoJo Doman or Deontay Williams or Dismuke or Boodle back or Honus back, but damn it, if I'm a Nebraska fan, I want Stilly and his crew of seniors back because defense hitting their stride. They're playing good football. They're physical. And what you get on offense, um, I think Hymas is probably gone. If I'm, I, do you have better options at, at guard than Farniak? Not when it comes to career starts, but are, are there more talented guys that could be better than Farniak? Farniak's had a rough senior season, period. Good dude, great person. And he has not had a lot of downtime to work on moving into guard, right? There was no off-season for him to work at guard. There was no real easy movement in other than, all right, uh, Ben Hart, you get right tackle, uh, Farniak, you move inside, and ready break. <laughs> no preseason or non-conference or, or summer, right? You just, you just, it was tough. So that's, it's not like we're going pinata on Farniak. I really like him. Right. Good dude, good family. And, and is talented, clearly. But so, yeah, that's, that's another discussion point for another day. We'll hear from Travis Fisher coming up here, probably about 20 minutes or so. And he was asked today in the media session about his recruiting philosophy, specifically. You know, are you going to reevaluate how much Florida recruiting you do? And Fish is a legend down there. Fish has brought a lot of talent to Nebraska. The problem is a lot of talent hasn't stayed. But you look at the job that secondary's done, the coaching up that's happened. Look how great Cam Taylor Britt's been playing at corner. And, and again, this is him settling in at corner. Um, spent a lot of time at safety or kind of that slot corner spot for Nebraska. So uh, I really like watching Nebraska's defense as a football fan. uh, That is something that you can, you've not always said, or it's not always been on your heart. The offense needs to catch up for some complimentary, but the offense did play better, put up 37 points. Now PJ Fleck had his radio show today and uh, that guy is coming in and listen off the record. If you want to go down the list of the Big Ten coaches for the guy that they would probably want to punch in the face, help up, and then punch in the face again, it's P.J. Fleck. Because guy, people just can't stand him. His, his coaching, you got to respect what he's done in Minnesota and Western Michigan. The guy can coach and develop, right? But I think the problem coaches have is that he is he's just phony and 
you know, who, who are you going to buy a car from? P.J. Fleck or Rudy from uh, the movie Used Cars. That's a Kirk Douglas character. Rudy was going to run for Senate, and he said, trust me. Well, Fleck is, is an acquired taste. His win-loss record, not good this year. His radio show today, though, on the fan was all about what they've done recruiting, what they did as an 11-win team last year, and the fact that they've had 20-plus COVID cases. But we're going to Nebraska. And listen, Nebraska got drilled. It is on the minds, and it's on the, the sleeves, and it's on the faces of this Nebraska team and, and staff, where they got just abused last year. They remember. And what do they say about paybacks, right? Maybe they'll be able to inflict some of that Saturday. But it's going to be a lot of mo. Ibrahim running the football. We'll talk Nebraska-Minnesota Big Ten situation with Mitch Sherman next. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. We'll check in with Rick Pizzo coming up. Big Ten Network. Uh, Rick will be with us in an hour. Coach Kaczynski in a little while. His take on uh, Nebraska-Minnesota. We welcome in with the athletic Mitch Sherman. Joins us at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, crazy day. How are you hanging in? I'm all right, Chris. How are you? We're good, man. It, does it feel like uh, a little more than a year ago where you and I are both uh, – Hanging out, pre-gaming it before Nebraska, Minnesota, and then that sledgehammer got dropped on the Big Red. Well, that was a lot, that was a that was a bit more than a year ago, wasn't right, it? October, but like, yes, it feels like about six years ago. But yeah, a year <laughs> and two months, close close enough to a year. Oh, we'll get into Nebraska, Minnesota in, in a moment. But Mitch, as you look at the the Big Ten, Ohio State, the six game threshold, the college football mm-hmm. playoff. Uh, I know the Big Ten will, what, meet tomorrow morning or maybe even tonight. But overall, what's your feel here? Do you think the league does the right thing for Ohio State, or is there a right thing? What, where, Where's the direction? Which, which way is the wind blowing, in your opinion? I hope, I hope that the league is not waiting until a regularly scheduled call on Wednesday morning to discuss what needs to be decided, like the minute that Michigan – in fact mm-hmm. – I'll stop myself before even saying the minute that Michigan canceled. The Big Ten should have been in a position to act on this before this happened with Michigan. That's what we're seeing in other leagues. We've seen it in particular with the ACC and the SEC, where they've rescheduled several weeks at a time. And, you know, I've, I've received messages, and I know others in the media who get the ACC press releases have received messages about here's the – next two weeks reshuffled to make things, you know, to give things the, the, the best, the, the clearest path for every team and so that they make sense. And I, I would just hope that the Big Ten wasn't caught in any way flat-footed today by what happened with Michigan because this isn't a surprise. You know, Michigan missed its game last week, and this has generally been the path when teams have sat out. It's not been a one-week thing. It's been a two-week thing. It's why you see Minnesota – in a better position than Michigan to be able to return this week, despite having a huge outbreak in its own program in Minneapolis. So, no, I don't really have faith, Chris, in the Big Ten to get this thing right and to be nimble 
uh, about how it needs to act um, based on everything we've seen from the Big Ten since July. I hope that the Big Ten acts in the right way. And I, and I will say, I, I, don't, I don't think that means that the Big Ten has to be consistent with the rules that it has applied and, and put forth for the last four or five months. I think the, it, you have to understand, and the Big Ten has to understand, and, and the people around these programs have to recognize that this is a fluid and changing situation, and the, the rules that were put in place in July or September or November you know, they don't necessarily apply this week. I think it's, it's best for the Big Ten to do what is, what, what, is, what is best for itself, what is best for its top programs. And if that means changing things for Ohio State to give the Buckeyes a better shot to, to boost their college football playoff resume, then do it. It's, it's, I, I, just, I think the league is, is, is just too stodgy and too stuck in its ways and, you know, too set on its predetermined meeting times to act in a way that is consistent with the, the, the smarter moves that its peers have made around the country this year. So if you're Wisconsin, you're going you're gonna to gripe, even though Barry was part of the competition committee that helped set this six-game bar, right, a minimum. Mm-hmm. And they went out last week, and they'd been interrupted more times than they wanted, so they were not eligible for a yep. West title, even though they, they'd lost to Northwestern. But they didn't look like they had a whole lot of umph, and part of that's Indiana. How do you feel if you're Indiana? You've done nothing wrong. You're getting Purdue probably canceled this weekend, and I don't know if that's beneficial or not, but things have stopped, right? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so my question here, if you're Indiana, listen, I know you lost head-to-head with, with Ohio State, but, but technically the way you set things up, we should be headed to Indy to play Northwestern. If yeah, if Ohio State doesn't get a game, right? Um, I, I I don't know how. I, the best way for me to say this is like everybody just needs to take a seat and and not worry about the Big Ten doesn't need to wor- shouldn't be worried about the feelings of of every team. Like Ohio State is clearly the best team in the East. Ohio State beat Indiana. If they hadn't played, if that game had been canceled, and now you were sitting in a position where. The Big Ten was, was, was working to get Ohio State a game so it could get under the threshold and, and get in by percentage points over Indiana, then I would get it. But these two teams play, and I don't think there's a whole lot of argument from Indiana that, that makes a lot of sense that it should be in the, in the title game as the representative of the East. And, 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 I, mean, and, and I know there's, another, there's a, another side of that, and so that's where the rules are the rules. And, I, and, and, and okay, fine. Like, I don't even know if that matters either. Like, Ohio State is college football playoff worthy if it wins all the games that, it's, that, 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 is, that are put in front of mm-hmm. it. And if it can't play Michigan this weekend, it's not the Buckeyes' fault. So if they get another opponent on Saturday, great. Win that game, you continue to deserve to be on a path to the college football playoff. If you don't get another game and they, you, you get stuck outside of the Big Ten championship next week against Iowa – and you win that game, great. You're still going to. You should still go to the college football playoff. But I think the Big Ten should work to help Ohio State's cause because it helps the entire league if Ohio State gets on that big stage financially, with its with exposure, um, you know, in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. The Big Ten wants to be in the college football playoff, and if Indiana is going to complain, which which I haven't heard, but if if that were to happen because of a rule change or some kind of a schedule a schedule adjustment. Then that's fine. Let them complain. 
I don't really have a problem with it. Mitch, real quick, what's your field? Does Indiana rematch with Ohio State? Does Maryland go mm-hmm. play Ohio State? I mean, how, how do you think Saturday shakes out as a replacement side of things? I don't I don't think they'll they'll create a rematch. I don't think you'll see Ohio State get get uh, get put in a game against Indiana, you know, or obviously Nebraska, which is a rematch. Um, I'm just going to assume that Minnesota is is okay to play, and that's going to be Nebraska's opponent. Um, I would say because we're going to be all the way at Wednesday morning, you know, unless there's an announcement made tonight that gives these teams three full days of preparation. And really, Friday is not a, not a prep prep day. It's more like um, a travel day or a walkthrough day. Um, but but unless something happens real fast here, uh, I no, I, I don't think there's going to be a, a a shuffle of games. I think Ohio State's going to be without an opponent, and if Indiana doesn't doesn't have Purdue to play, then then it'll be without an opponent. If the Big Ten had been been ready to be nimble and to act upon the news of the Michigan cancellation, um, it could have done something several hours ago, and and. You know, in, in this situation, one day or 18 hours, less than one day, can make a world of difference in allowing a team to prepare for a game that's only four days away. From a travel standpoint, from a competitive standpoint, um, you, you know, you can get ready in four days. I'm not sure if you can do it in two and a half or three. Mitch, let's talk Nebraska-Minnesota. How much is 2019 on the minds of the Big Red coming into this Saturday? Yeah, I think it is uh, for, for all of the guys who were there. A, a year ago in Minneapolis, and, and were a part of that. I think that was an awakening, um, among other awakenings for Nebraska in this in this extended rebuild that we've been watching for several years. That was the game. You know, there's there's different levels of awakening. There's the, there's the awakening where you recognize what the talent level is that you need to compete in the Big Ten, and I think Nebraska got that in year one under Frost mm-hmm. when it went to Michigan. And then that game at Minnesota was like the toughness and physicality part of it. There, there were, and there were other messages delivered along those same lines by Wisconsin, um, by Iowa at, at times in this, in this process. But the Minnesota one was, was a, stark, uh, a stark reminder. It was a, it was a, a, a big-time message sent that Nebraska wasn't there, wasn't where it needed to be. You know, you heard all kinds of talk after that game from Frost, um, you know, <laughs> upset that his players were wearing coats on the field before the game and in the cold weather, um, you know, which was just a microcosm of his, his feelings about them not being ready to play and to match the toughness and physicality that Minnesota brought that night. So, yeah, I think the guys who were there remember it. I think that they, they, they want to go out on Saturday and show – how far they've come in that area. And I do think Nebraska has progressed a lot as far as its toughness and its physicality. And we've seen it these last couple of weeks. I think that um, a different team, a team that was of the mindset that Nebraska took to Minnesota a year ago without Adrian Martinez being healthy, would not have reacted the way that Nebraska has the last couple of games after that loss to Illinois, the way that that happened. The Huskers have have showed a lot of fight the last two weeks. It hasn't always been pretty, but they've been competitive. I think they've been tough, and you know they've, they've hung in there in a time where it wouldn't have been all that hard to kind of mail things in. Let's flip it around. I've got two minutes. Mitch Sherman's with us, The Athletic, at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Do you feel like, for what your eyes have shown you, 
Where do you think Minnesota's at from that mail in that, that line in the sand? Yeah, well, we haven't seen them in a couple of weeks. And, you know, if it's that team that went out and, and found a way to win against Purdue on a Friday night a few weeks ago, then that, that, if, if it's that team, then Nebraska's going to be in for a big-time battle on Saturday. I'm not convinced it's going to be that group. They're, first of all, they're going to be without 20 guys or more uh, this week because of the, the COVID protocol, that they're unable to travel because of those Big Ten rules that require that 21-day reacclimation period or the seven-day reacclimation period after the 14-day sit-out, so 21 days in total. Um, you wonder where Minnesota's head is going to be at after this break if some of its players have decided, you know, even if not physically, to check out to, to kind of go that way mentally. Rashad Bateman, one of Minnesota's top players, its best receiver, one of the best receivers in the country. You know, he did physically say, okay, this is, this is it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on and, and, and get to the next phase of my, of my life and start working toward the NFL. And it's, it's understandable with all that has happened for the Gophers this year, with all that has happened in, in college football, um, it, makes, it, it makes some sense. Minnesota still has, assuming that those weapons are available, still has some serious talent on the offensive side with, with Mo Ibrahim. Um, you know, there's talent at the quarterback spot. There's still talent even without, without Bateman at the receiver spot. So Nebraska has its work cut out for it defensively to, to stop the Gophers. I, I, I do think that there's an opportunity for this offense, the Nebraska offense, to put up some yards and to score some points against the Minnesota the deep defense that just has not been very good at all this year. Mitch Sherman's with us from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman. Mitch, good chat today. Thanks for jumping on, and we'll see you on Saturday. Okay, great. Thanks, Chris. Take care. There he is, Mitch Sherman, with us from The Athletic. Plenty on the Big Ten, and he nailed it. How can't you prepare for the worst in 2020 if you're the Big Ten? We'll hear from some of the coaches today. Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Mitch Sherman, uh, Rick Kaczynski, Coach Kaz, coming up here in 25 minutes. Rick Pizzo, Big Ten Network, his take on where the league goes, what the league does with Ohio State and Michigan being canceled. How do you and what do you do to keep uh, Ohio State in the playoff talk? I think they'll do that themselves with the eye test. But don't kid yourself. You've got jockeying going on by the SEC to get A&M in there. Or, God forbid, if Bama loses to Florida to get both those guys in, Right now, you're looking good if you're the ACC already with Notre Dame and Clemson. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Where are you at as a Nebraska fan? What do you want done? Are you for the for Ohio State? Do you want to find a way to, to, to correct and, and be fluid and nimble, as Commissioner Warren has uttered today? I mean, put yourself in Ohio State's shoes if you're Nebraska. The way I say it, and Ohio State's a far cry from this. 
But think if for, for whatever reason, it wouldn't have gone Nebraska's way in 94, where Nebraska was clearly the better team. Nebraska had the better resume. Nebraska had the, the tougher bowl game. And that was Miami in Miami for the 95 Orange Bowl, right? I mean, you proved it on team quarterback against number, uh, who else was ranked? Uh, West Virginia to start the year. I mean, all these things, right? And, and Nebraska did it hurt and a man down, a great player down. And and they found a way to, to make it work out for a national championship. Well, Penn State was undefeated, sat there, and finished second. Then you fast forward to 97, you know, Nebraska didn't get a chance to square off against Michigan. Imagine if, if one of your, your title teams from Nebraska wouldn't have had a chance to play for a title uh, through no fault of their own. And the way the system was set up there left somebody out, right? You had a split title, uh, according to some, in 97. You had uh, Nebraska edge Penn State in 94, and then 95 took care of itself. Ohio State right now is good enough offensively to compete and beat Notre Dame. They're good enough offensively to compete and probably hang around with Alabama, although Bama's defense has gotten better. And and then there's there's Clemson, and his Clemson is is money as is last year, and they've looked pretty darn good. And even when they went to South Bend with a backup quarterback, they they still were right there. So. You need to throw away the, if you're a Nebraska fan, if if by some crazy wild hair they let Ohio State go outside the league to, to get a makeup game, I think you're, you, you just do what's best for the conference and just kind <clears> of, <throat> you know, clear your throat a few times off to the side because you were on top of it. You had foresight all along. Uh, as a league partner and no one else would listen to you. You can know that, that you were right and things are out of your control leadership-wise because you're the new kid. That's what it is. Let's uh, spend a few minutes here with some of the coaches. And uh, this is a little bit longer take uh, from Coach Travis Fisher. But he, he kind of got uh, into you know Cam Taylor-Britt, his level of play, and just what he's done this season and where he's gone. Yeah, I think Cam is having a great year. Obviously, he's grown so much, you know, over the past three years, uh, two or three years um, for us. And um, he has a lot of room, um, a lot of room. He has a very high ceiling. Uh, I think right now, um, in my opinion, I think Cam is one of one of the top corners, um, definitely in the Big Ten. If, if not the top corner in the Big Ten, in my opinion. And I'm not being biased, but, you know, um, there's a lot of work that Cam needs to, you know, work on as far as the longevity of the game, you know, being able to, to you know, look outside of the Big Ten. Let's talk about, you know, other things. Let's talk about um, how, can you help this team win a, how can you help this team win a championship uh, with your ability, how you play on the outside. Stuff like that. The football and the NFL and all that stuff is going to take care of itself. Um, for right now, Cam is playing very good on the outside. Um, he's very physical on the outside, great ball skills on the outside, um, great teammate, um, contributing on special teams, huge part of special teams. Um, so the future is very bright for Cam, just focusing in on, you know, the off season and focusing in on, you know, Focusing on how do you get better from where he's at now 
is 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 my uh, talk with Cam, you know, because I'm gonna have to talk to Cam as well about um, where do we go after you have a a decent year? Where do we go from here? I mean, um, how can we even make that year even better? You know, uh, going into the future. So. Cam's got a lot going on. He's played really great football. It could even be better is what Coach Fisher's saying. This is an extended cut from Travis Fisher, his recruiting philosophy. Are you going to back off of Florida kids? You've had a number of Florida departures in 2020, and this is really interesting. Do we have time? All right, let's get to it. I think I'm always continuing to be an aggressive recruiter. I don't want to change that about myself. And then, you know, you know, this year, 2020, has been a, it's been a tough year. And I'm, I'm going to keep preaching it. And it's not an excuse for anything, but it's been a tough year. And you know, I can just imagine sometimes different things come at different times when kids and different people in the year here left and right. And you don't get a chance to see things for yourself. You're not running out in Memorial Stadium in front of 100,000 fans going crazy that all know you. You don't get the chance to have a campus life. And, and, then, and then, you know, and then they hear some things you know, on the other side that could be negative. You never know. And so um, it all plays into the first time I told you about, you know, guys that's leaving the program. You know, um, it's very unfortunate that, you know, a lot of them happen to be from the same area. All right. Um, just talking about, you know, that, and I'm leave, kind of leave it alone. It's throughout the whole country. I mean, it's not just Nebraska. It's throughout the whole country. You know, if I can, you know, obviously that's not my seat, and I don't really want to talk about stuff that's not my seat, really. But uh, I just think the transfer portal um, is giving a lot of the young kids a a way to opt out of this thing, and um, it's not doing any of them any any good, really, to be honest with you. Um, That's just across the country just looking at it. A lot of them are young. Uh, a lot of the kids are young. They're freshmen. 2020 doesn't help it, you know, with, you know, being quarantine stage and the rules and all that doesn't help it. So um, it's just, uh, you know, the toughness, the toughness part of it, sticking through it. The toughness is being a freshman. Um, and everybody's been a freshman, you know, at some point. So it is tough. But, um, you know, 2020 and you know, the things that we have to overcome so far in 2020 has been just an added piece to it. And um, it's very sad to see a lot of young men um, leave something so great because they don't know. Um, and then, you know, it's very sad to see. But, you know, all you, all you can do is wish them the best and stuff like that and hope for the best for them. Good from Coach Fisher. We'll wind down Hour 1 with Hale Var City Radio. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. See, Will, Will, you're new to this. Will Wilson in today. Uh, Elijah Herbal is going to do the Pepsi challenge here with the uh, the weather guy. And, and if he's truly Mr. Garrison <laughs> from South Park. Because they sound kind of similar. Yeah, they do. So. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> a, as much fun as this hour has been, like, kind of rolling our eyes at the Big Ten and, oh, no, Michigan, Ohio State's off. What are you going to do, Big Ten? To be honest with you, the 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 50 after weather with that dude, 
sounded like Mr. Garrison, is fantastic. Yeah, not unfortunate. The guy just lets it fly with the, the temperature in Lincoln. It's just a coincidence. Uh, Rick Kaczynski, 10 minutes away. We'll have Kaz put on his commissioner hat or, or tie or something like that. Rick Pizzo. The latest on what happens with the Big Ten, also at 525. Your chance to jump in, 466-3776. We'll get more from uh, coaches today. Coach Chenander, more from Coach Fisher. Reminder about buckling up. 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska are not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, seatbelts can reduce the risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash Buckling up, brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So, you know, what do you do if you're the Big Ten? You just find a way to get Ohio State in that third or fourth spot. Let's get Chris on the horn here real quick. Chris, thanks for calling. Welcome into Hale Varsity, bud. Hey, Schmitty. What do you know? Um, well, sorry, man. I have, I've been MIA on you here for quite a while. So You're fine. Um, you're fine, dude. Thanks for calling. Um. You know, so I, I don't think can the Big Ten really make themselves look any worse than they already have. There's, dude, there is so many potholes in this road; it doesn't matter. Just go into four wheel drive mode. So, I mean, what at this point? What would be damage control? You know, let them. You know, let Ohio State put it together, and so that they can go play for a national championship. Or do you pull it? You pull it back and say, you know, these are the rules. Every, you know, this applies to everybody. I mean, I, I, at this point, my my thought is, and you know, I'm I, I attribute this more to just the year mm-hmm. and, and how everything's been awful for everybody. Sure, um, I say f Ohio State, and you know, they're 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 a part of our league just like everybody else. And you know, sorry. That do you do you risk do you risk blowing the payday though? I mean, that's the thing. The payday goes to everybody else, and. Indiana probably gets a New Year's Day six spot if things hold up for them. That's also you know, more money. I get it. You know, that's, why, money, that's why we're playing. That's why I mean that's why we're playing football is for money. Okay, exactly. And I mean, I guess then you bring up an interesting point that I hadn't really, you know, I hadn't gone down that path yet. But like that, that's literally the reason why we're in the Big Ten, right? At this mm-hmm. point, yes, is, is for the money. Absolutely. Um, you know, yes, it's probably a better decision to let them to let them work that out and go play. Mm-hmm. But like I said, as an as a Nebraska fan right now, having witnessed all this stuff the last couple of months and how we've, for lack of a better term, got jobbed on some things. Oh, you've been pinioted, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, I'm I'm middle finger him. You know, at this point, so. No, I, you're not. You're not wrong with that take or that feeling at all. I think cooler heads will prevail, and the river of money is the river of money. And think of Breaking Bad when the two uh, associates went and laid in on Walt's money. That's what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris, sure. Chris, appreciate you listening, brother. Thanks for checking in. Yep, good job, guys. All right, man. See you. There he is, Chris. Good to hear from him. Uh, Coach Kaczynski will play Big Ten Commissioner next. What do you do on Hale Varsity?
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's say hi to Nebraska assistant and assistant in Iowa, Rick Kaczynski, back with us. Kaz, I like these Tuesday chats. How's your week going? Week's going great. Glad to be on. So uh, we must, hopefully, I'm, I'm saying a few uh, correct things. So if you keep having me on. <laughs> so you, hadn't, I, you hadn't fired me yet. I, I won't. So, uh, I won't. But I, I do want you to put on <laughs> your, your Kaczynski commissioner hat. What would Kaz do if you were commissioner of the Big Ten with this Ohio State-Michigan situation? You know as well as I do, there were rules set in place, and now Ohio State falls short of that six-game minimum with Michigan and Ohio State off this weekend. You've got a playoff to consider, and you shuffle around, you find another game, put your big old commissioner hat in behind the big chair. Oh yes, man. I think when you have an you have an opportunity for a team that could possibly represent the conference and um, in the playoff series, I, I think you have to be very fluid. Um, obviously, you want to be way more transparent. And and if I'm if I'm the commissioner, and um, I, I think you, you're flexible. You got to figure out a way to give Ohio State the opportunity. To have that chance to get into the playoffs, so no matter what, you can't—they're not going to get in with five games, in my opinion. So you got to find them at least a couple more games. You got to change the rule. You got to change the conference championship deal. Because let's be honest, when you put on the film and you got a committee, I know there's not many coaches on that committee. I think there's only two and a bunch of uh, ads that you know probably never played or never coached are deciding who the top teams are, the rankings. So. So, but you got a couple coaches on there. But my wife and my nine-year-old daughter and ten-year-old son can put on the film and know Ohio State is one of the top four teams in the country right now. So, as a conference, I think you're going to want to do anything possible right now you can to make sure you find a path for the opportunity for them to get there. Because you know, Chris, it, it not only improves. For Ohio State, it, it it improves the the bowls for mm-hmm. the for the teams after Ohio State. Um, it gives another team. I think there. I heard today. What is there? Ten bowls uh, for three teams in the Big Ten. So you know you want to get as many teams playing in December and January as possible if you're the commissioner. So that that's what I would do. So I'd be the biggest hypocrite if I was the commissioner and I would change the rules from 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 when I set them in stone back when Nebraska wanted to play earlier in the fall. What's your take on Indiana? And and to your point, if if Ohio State's in the the fourteen playoff, you've got a New Year's Day six. If things hold serve for for Indiana, now their game against Purdue doesn't look like it's going to happen because of an outbreak with Purdue. But, man, Indiana's played really good football, not only uh, within a touchdown of Ohio State, but going to Camp Randall last weekend with a backup quarterback and winning. Yeah, I mean, uh, they've done a really great job there. I mean, they, they really have. Um, 
you know, but I think, too, when you're looking at these teams, when you look at a team like Indiana and you look at a team like Wisconsin, I think you got to look at the interruptions in play. Sure. I, I don't think that there's been a team that has had um, an interruption in play that has, that has looked really sharp. So I think you got to take that into account. Uh, but, but, hey, I'm a Big Ten guy. Um, I like Indiana. I, I think they're a talented group. They're not just a play-hard group. I mean, they are, they are, they are a talented, talented group. Uh, you know, I was fortunate enough when I, when I came to Nebraska, uh, I, when Ross became the recruiting coordinator, mm-hmm. I told him, I said, put me, put me in Indianapolis. Um, it's just a growing area. Uh, there's really good coaches, really good high schools with a lot of money, great facilities, and uh, just the, you know, it's just getting, be, it's becoming very populous. The football, I think, it's very underrated. Uh, I think it's very underrated. There's some really good talent in Indiana, and they've they've taken, they've really taken advantage of it. Um, but once again, too, I, I think if you're going to do it for Ohio State, I think you got to you got to do it for Indiana also. You got to find that path for them to um, to get to that major bowl. Mm-hmm. So I think if I'm looking, if I'm getting together as a conference and I'm listening to the ads that coached football, that's what I and there ain't many of them. Um, so to me, I'm listening to Barry and Hey Barry, what do we do? Right. I don't think you worry about optics. I don't think you care about what the rest of the country thinks. I don't, I don't think you care about what anybody else thinks. You know, you have to be selfish in moments like these. You got, you got two really good football. You got a great football team, a really good football team, a chance to represent the comp, the conference on a great stage and improve the status, improve the image, uh, national exposure of the conference, you figure out that pathway for the opportunity for, for those two teams to get there. And if those two teams get there, it's just going to keep bumping up from, from the bottom of, uh, up mm-hmm. of, the, of the conference. It's just going to improve it. So, uh, so I think, you know, I think they need to huddle together and figure this thing out, and hopefully that's what they're doing. I believe there's going to be a Wednesday meeting with uh, Big Ten Athletic Directors. The competition committee, I'm sure, will chime in. I don't know what type of roadblock the presidents and chancellors can throw in in because uh, this is uh, about money. Uh, And and to to your point, you've got a a team that right now will probably not, as we talk, we're, we're a few hours away from the college football playoff, playoff rankings, but Ohio State's not going to get jumped by A&M. But you need just to be safe to let them have a chance to win a conference title, I would think. Absolutely. You know, just don't, don't give them a reason to keep you out, right? Sure. And, and I think everybody outside the Big Ten, that's what they're looking for. Um, obviously, the SEC is a powerful conference. Uh, they're they're going to try to they're going to try to get A and M in there mm-hmm. as much as as much as they you know they're politic and they're selfish too. This this is the time of the year where you want to be selfish, where you want to uplift, you want to promote your conference and the best teams in your conference. So uh, yeah, absolutely. Heck, man, I'd be meeting today. I don't know what they're waiting for. I wouldn't put this thing off till tomorrow, but I'm sure there's phone calls being made. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just, gosh, it would be really, really disappointed, disappointing to, um, to not see an Ohio state team representing the big 10 in a, in a playoff. And, uh, and it, because really, I think what you end up getting, you'd end up getting Clemson and Notre Dame in there again sure. with the chances of them playing a third time. 
possibility, <laughs> you know, the possibility. And hey, I mean, I love Notre Dame, and I mean, I don't want to see them play three times. I don't want to see two ACC teams, and I don't want to see two SEC teams. I'm I'm good with with Notre Dame being in there because I still don't consider them an ACC team. Yeah. Um, but it's a national brand. It's great that they're in there. I think that's great for foot for college football. Um, obviously, you know Alabama's in there. You know we got to we got to get a Big Ten in there. We got to get a Big Ten team representing that part of representing that part of the country. So uh, so I, I just think that man, you know, you can't give the committee a reason to keep Ohio State out and keeping Indiana from the opportunity of going to a New Year Six. And um, so I think the AD's got to get together and make the decision, figure out that pathway. Right? I mean, let's be honest. The commission, the, the, the league already looks like bums, like from the mm-hmm. beginning of the year. Okay, you've already been flexible. I mean, you went August, no football, to, man, we're playing football in October. So, you know, you got to get beyond yourself. you got to put your ego and your pride away and do what's best for the conference and do what's best uh, for the student-athletes. Rick Kaczynski's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, former Nebraska assistant commissioner Kaczynski right there. Love the take on it. <laughs> All right, I uh, got about five minutes here. Your take on Nebraska-Purdue and thoughts on Minnesota. Yeah, well, obviously it, it's a win. It's, it's a lot easier coming in on Sunday and, and correcting things off a win. Um, I, thought, uh, I thought they played physical. Uh, the game was won in the trenches. Obviously, if you keep a team from running the football, you're you're going to win a majority of your football games. And, and Nebraska did that. They um, there wasn't turnovers, there wasn't snaps. Um, so I, to me, with the exception of some stupid penalties, mm-hmm. you, uh, you you really cleaned some things up from from the Iowa game. So it, once again, it's just another another building block. Um, a stepping stone, you know, to take and to show these guys, especially these young guys in the program. Guys, this is, you know, I guarantee they had a, a great week of preparation. You can't play that well, and I thought they played well. I mean, you take the penalties away, that one drive, which was I've never seen anything like that in football with penalties on both sides of the fence there. If you take that away, it was, it was really a, a, a pretty clean football game. But I like the way Nebraska ran around on defense. I like the way that Adrian took command of that offense. Um, they looked like they were in rhythm. Uh, their passing game was set up because they were able to run the football. So uh, I was really, really pleased, really excited um, for Nebraska, the staff, and the players after watching that. And, and I don't care. Don't tell me about Purdue. Don't tell me about this or that. Let me tell you, any time you win a conference game, and especially a conference game on the road, uh, there's nothing easy about it. So, so you got to celebrate it. So now you get back in the film room on Sunday. Don't do what you did against Penn State. I thought what, what Nebraska did, I think they, they talked about Penn State. They hung on to that win way too long, right? So hopefully they learn from that. You enjoy the Purdue win for 24 hours, and now you're moving on to Minnesota. But extremely extremely pleased with uh, um, you know how Nebraska came out especially especially on the road mm-hmm. and especially with the the crazy things that happened in pregame with the yeah. injuries I mean so that I mean if, if you don't think that that doesn't mess with the player's head you're crazy you're crazy so uh, it was nice to see them come out play football get focused 
get the W on the road. Your take on oh. Fleck and Minnesota, Coach, as they have been <laughs> you know, on. Hey, let they, me tell you, <laughs> we'd have to be on satellite. You know, we'd have to be on satellite if you wanted my take on Fleck. Well, we we can we can clean it up for we can clean it up for uh, the kids no, in the car. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sitting at home on a couch, and he's he's the head coach of a Big Ten. Big Ted School, so yeah, he's so, got. So, Kaz, he's, Kaz he's you've got you've, the, you've never sprinted <laughs> to the end zone to start the fourth quarter. Never, never, never done that. Okay, so, never done. I just. I Are you just a zip coach. up and just, tie guy? <laughs> Are you a zip up and tie guy with yellow pants? Nah, I'm kind of a I'm a I'm a I'm a khaki and you know I'm a I'm a khaki and golf shirt guy on game day, man. And when it got cold, I I'd throw a throw a Husker sweatshirt on there. But other than that, man, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't wasn't real fancy. Put on my put on my ball my ball cap and uh, never never. What, you weren't gonna catch me in sunglasses or a whistle on the sideline. That's for sure. But uh, uh, you know, I know. Hey, it it hey, different strokes for different folks. Sure. Um, I obviously the guys had success at two different programs, right? Mm-hmm. Three different programs. So he's obviously doing something right. Um, different school from what I know, but Hey man, that's, what's great about college football. Um, so, uh, takes all kinds, but you know, obviously they've struggled. They've had some interrupt interrupted play too, which I think has affected, affected them. They're, they're a young defensive, uh, football team. They lost a lot of guys on that side of the ball. They do take a lot of chances play a lot of cover zero, play a lot of pressure. So I think Nebraska, there's going to be some opportunities for some, for some big plays. But I think, you know, this is going to be a game. It's, it's, not, a December, it's not a November game in the Big Ten. This is, this is a December game in the Big Ten. And uh, it's going to, you know, I think the weather's going to be decent, but it's still cold, right? I mean, if, if you're a human, you know, you shouldn't be out there. With uh, with short sleeves running around in tight pants, right? So it's going to be cold. This is a football game where once again it's going to be run one in the trenches. And I think I'm expecting Nebraska to get downhill, getting back to some of them quarterback runs between the tackles and handing that ball off to Dedrick Mills. And then after they do that, there's going to be some big big play opportunities off the play action because of what Minnesota does defensively. Minnesota will play a lot of lot of man coverage mm-hmm. and not man free. They'll 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 play a lot of cover zero, um, and even some of their zones um, predicated on the route you run and will turn into man coverages with their matches. So so I think there's going to be some big play opportunities not on the perimeter. I think Adrian um, is going to have some big scrambles because you know when you play that type of defense, if you can't get home and you're not and you're not disciplined in your rush rush lanes, you know, you got your quarterback chasing your DBs into the end zone. So uh, so I think there's going to be a lot of chunk plays in this game for, for Nebraska, but I think those chunk plays are going to come in the late second, third, fourth quarters after, after they wore them down and uh, beat them up up front in the trenches. So um, I'm, I'm excited for this game. Um, you know, I was I was talking to somebody earlier, and and you know you you throw out the rest of the season at this point, you know it's a one one game season, okay? Great win at Purdue, you know the the, the perspective is now, okay? So come Saturday, nobody's going to care about the Purdue game, right? It's about how you perform against uh, how you perform against Minnesota, and you know 
I think you've got your quarterback. I think you've got your rhythm. Okay, I mean we've eliminated the turnovers. Let's 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 eliminate those dumb penalties. Let's make it easier on ourselves. Let's not get beat from from the inside out because this isn't a team that is more talented than Nebraska. So this is a team. The only way they can beat Nebraska is if Nebraska beats themselves. So just take care of business, and I think you're going to like the outcome here coming this weekend, Schmitty. Rick Kaczynski with us, Sale Varsity Radio, Coach Kaz at Nebraska and Iowa. Kaz, we'll do this again, man. It was fun to get caught up. Thanks for a few minutes. Always fun, brother. Great to talk to you after a win. Let's go get let's go get this one, man. 1-0. Go big. He's in his 30s. But sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Willie J in today. Good to see him. Big thanks to Rick Kaczynski as Kaz played commissioner briefly. We welcome in with the Big Ten Network, Rick Pizzo with us at BTN. Rick Pizzo. Rick, been an interesting day and tough news for Michigan and Ohio State. I want to start there, Rick, and your uh, your temperature on things with uh, the the league and what happens this weekend with Ohio State. I think everything, honestly, Chris, is – up for debate. I really do. I think that the preseason thought that it would be six games, you don't get in, and we're going to go one versus one, east versus west, back and forth. Like, I'm not so sure that that's a reality right now. I think that the league is going to be open to a lot of different conversations, and I think you bring up the first and arguably the most important conversation, and that being what exactly happens to Ohio State with five games, but the college football playoff committee thinks they're good enough to be in the top four. Can the Big Ten really say, well, you know what? Our rules at the beginning of the year were six games or you can't play in the championship game. I mean, if the Buckeyes have to stay home and don't get to play in the championship game, it may not affect the strength of their opponent that much because they probably end up playing either Iowa or Wisconsin, which would be a good win either way. But at the end of the day, there is going to be a lot of conversations at the athletic director and in the Big Ten conference office this week, and I would love to be a fly on that wall. Well, it sounds like a meeting tomorrow morning, and I'm sure the phones are ringing tonight. And you've got Barry Alvarez, part of the, the, the competition committee, and he is very seasoned. He knows what's up with being a coach at such a high level, so his expertise, but when it comes to the rest of the league, if there are changes made to get Ohio State a replacement game, be it out of conference, dare I say, which I don't know if that's reality, but it's it's a discussion point, or if you switch things around, i.e., hey, let's rematch with Indiana because the Purdue game looks doubtful, what's the... Um, What's the temperature going to be like that from the other Big Ten schools, in your opinion? Because you've got such an opportunity with Ohio State. Don't you want to protect somebody that can be a potential national champion? Or do you think they'll see it that way? You do, but at the same point, Chris, I don't actually think it would hurt Ohio State that much to not play this weekend as far as the college football playoff is concerned. I really, truly believe that the committee already thinks that they've seen enough from Ohio State to have them at number four. 
Now, if something crazy happens like Texas A&M goes and beats Alabama or Florida for some reason, Alabama, let's say, is not your SEC champion. Right. I guess that's a better way for me to put it. If Alabama is not your SEC champion, then there's a potential issue there because then Florida perhaps wins the championship. Does Ohio State with only six games jump a one loss to Alabama? Then you get into this conversation. But I think at the end of the day, as far as the college football playoff is concerned, then you are in an okay situation with Ohio State. As far as this weekend is concerned, here's what I think is going to happen. I think the league is going to try to find games if the Indiana-Purdue game is also canceled for the teams that can play this weekend. I also think that the league would like to avoid rematches. I really, truly believe that. So I think the league, if possible, would like to avoid Ohio State-Indiana Part 2. But then that means that you're asking a bunch of different teams to prepare for this weekend on, assuming we know the Purdue-Indiana news tomorrow, mm-hmm. on what, three days' notice? Sure. That's awfully difficult. I mean, everybody's going to be flexible enough to do it. And, again, I don't have you know the bat phones in the commissioner's sure. office, so I don't know if they're actually considering this. But I get the sense that they want to try to avoid rematches if they can. So my, my question is this then, and I don't have – Let's let's play the, the schedule game real quick. Nebraska-Minnesota looks good. That's fantastic. Great. But uh, you have Michigan off to the side, Purdue off to the side. You, need, you could make up Maryland-Ohio State. Uh, my question, though, is what do you do with Rutgers, right? Has Rutgers played Indiana yet this year is my question. Would that be, would that be a rematch? Yeah, so, so yes, so they have, but... The problem then becomes, do you say, well, we, we want to avoid this rematch, but we're okay with the other exactly. rematch, right? And that goes back to the question. <laughs> and that goes back to the question that you asked me about whether other Big Ten teams, uh, specifically Nebraska, or other Big Ten teams that wanted to go outside or wanted anybody to play were kind of told early, well, that's not really the case, but could that change this week? Now, there's a little bit of a difference between obviously being a conference game versus a non-conference mm-hmm. game in the early season discussion with Nebraska. But listen, Chris, at the end of the day, here's your debate. Do you risk being accused of favoritism to protect the best team in your conference from being excluded from the college football playoff where they haven't done anything wrong? Mm. And that's an interesting question and a debate. And i got to tell you right now, I think this is a discussion that when it happens at that AD and that conference level, it needs to be unanimous. This cannot be a situation like we had earlier in the year when there were three outliers and nobody wanted to say who voted against it and nobody wanted to say who voted for it. The league can't go through that again. So I think whatever they're going to do, they need to get everybody on board believing that it's the right decision and publicly say we believe it's the right decision. That is the transparency and being nimble that uh, Commissioner Warren talked about earlier with his sit-down with the Sports Business Journal. Rick Pizzo's with his Big Ten Network and Big Ten Buffet. And, Rick, uh, it's uh, a busy day for you, and thanks for making time to kind of sift through this. We'll just kind of sit back and wait. As to, to see what happens, Rick, you were on the sidelines. Your schedule got shifted a bit. You ended up yeah. in, uh, in West Lafayette on Saturday and really enjoyed your coverage, man, of, of Nebraska-Purdue. And what, what did you take away from being on the sideline with Nebraska? And uh, that, that game started out great for Nebraska. It also got tense in the fourth quarter. 
but there was a similar scene to me with the Nebraska players and their devotion towards Coach Frost, just like Coach uh, Coach Allen after the win at Wisconsin. I mean, you had all the players for for Indiana coming up to coach and, and really happy for him, but but happy. You had a similar type happiness for Nebraska after the Purdue game. What were some of your takeaways with what you were able to see up close and personal? Man, you hit the nail right in the head because that was one of my biggest takeaways. There's a huge difference for a coach between losing games and losing your team, right? Mm. And Scott Frost will be the first to tell you they've lost way too many games in his first three years. But I'm here to tell you that he has not lost this team, not the 2020 team. I was on the sideline, and they were focused, dialed in, and ready to go from the jump. More importantly, in the second half, which is all Husker fans know has been an absolute house of horrors for Nebraska this year. When Purdue started to mount a comeback and Adrian Martinez went to the medical tent, I was paying close attention to that sideline. Not one head was hanging. They were just as excited, just as energetic. They showed just as much belief. And i got to tell you, this deep into that season, that doesn't happen if you don't have complete and total buy-in. So people can say whatever they want to say about the win-loss record, about whether it's a different job for Scott at Nebraska, which it is, than UCF. But the belief that his players, at least in this team, now this doesn't relate back to 2018 and 2019, and I think he and that staff would be the first to tell you they had to change some of the personality and the chemistry, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to this year's team, those guys are all in, and that's all you can ask for. They have gotten better. I mean, they, they had the breakthrough against Penn State. I think they've learned a tough lesson with Illinois. But to me, the way they came back against Iowa played really well. Rick, it's, it's, it's not painful to watch this defense anymore. I mean, the, the, what I'm seeing on, on that side of the ball has really been pretty impressive, and the offense showed a little bit, of, little bit more life against Purdue. But I think this team's getting better, right? And they, they did in 18. Last year was last year, but they, they seem like they've figured out some things and they're growing up a little bit. Did you see that? Oh, figured out some things. Defensively, first of all, I think Eric Chenander deserves a ton of credit for – what he did on Saturday, because I think at least in the first half, Jeff Brown was one of the prominent, best play callers around offensively, right? Mm-hmm. He was totally flummoxed and confused because he did not expect in any universe that we watch football in that Chenander was going to say to DiCaprio Boodle and Cam Taylor Britt and some other cornerbacks, you know what, guys? I'm not going to give you a lot of help on Rondale Moore and David Bell. We're going to get to the quarterback because their offensive line is not very good. And even though we have not sacked the quarterback this year, I think we can get there. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, I was listening into a Purdue offensive line conversation at one point, and they were completely confused. They're like, what are they doing? They're playing this weird 30 front with, with widespread defensive ends. Purdue changed its tackle in the middle of the second yeah. quarter. They were getting beaten so badly. And that's a ton of credit to the scheme that Shenander came up with, but also to those corners who really, other than the jump ball to David Bell when the two guys collided, mm-hmm. other than that, I mean, really, Purdue did not hurt Nebraska at all with two of the best wide receivers in the country, and I was blown away by what they did in that element of the football game. Rick Pizzo's with us, Big Ten Network at BTN. Rick Pizzo on Twitter's where you find him. Rick, about a minute here. We'll let you get out. Thanks so much. Uh, what what did you take away from from Adrian and how he's weathered this? Um, Saturday is going to be big again for him to to manage, but also maybe hit some plays against uh, Minnesota's D. Chris, I got to tell you, man, I had the chance to interview Adrian after that game, and 
I don't know what else you can say about a young man. I mean, he loses his job. He gets his job back. He has to split time. He has never pouted one time. He clearly is the leader of this football team. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And everybody listens to him. They gather around him. They respond to him. And I asked him about that afterwards. He said, it's my job. He said, I take a ton of pride in it. It's my job to be a leader, whether I'm starting, whether I'm rooting for Luke, whether I'm splitting time. My job is to make sure that these guys are ready to play. I mean, the maturity that this young man has shown and the belief in Scott Frost after Scott had to make that decision that maybe he's not my guy all the time, I, I, I literally cannot say enough about him from a personal standpoint, and you back it up with the way that he played on Saturday, man, I, I truly hope that great things are in store for Adrian Martinez, both at Nebraska and beyond. Rick, you you know it, man. You you played goalie at a high level in college, and, and you get that competitive. Sometimes you don't get guys back if, if you have to right. kick him in the backside to, to either get him to, to focus or go on to the next. So it's been super impressive, and I think it's a big reason you're seeing Nebraska maybe kind of uh, get to the finish line of 2020. Uh, well, not, think about this, not Chris, as not, not to interrupt you, but think Go about ahead. this. Like in, in this day and age today, in the pandemic of 2020, everybody that doesn't get the playing time, they won't go to the transfer portal because you're not losing anything, right? right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not, and he hasn't, there's been no mention, no work. You know how many teams would love to have him as their guy? <laughs> no competition. You come in, it's your job. We haven't heard word one about that. Uh, he's not even thinking about that, and I think that speaks volumes. Rick Pizzo, Big Ten Network. Rick, have a good weekend. Thanks for jumping on today, man. Chris, my pleasure, buddy. Enjoy the week. Hopefully the rest of it's better than today was. Absolutely. Take care. There he is, Rick Pizzo with Hale Bar City Radio. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Great to have you back. It's Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson in today. So, Will, you are the connoisseur of throwback lids. You rock the Big 8 hat from the mid to late 80s with the green bill and the the green big eight some of us went to a big eight basketball tournament in kemper arena circa 92 in in kansas state i think lon kruger was might might have been might have been dana might have been dana down at kansas state if memory yeah might have been dana but point is, is K-State won the worst, most ugly basketball game I've seen in my life. It was the 10-45 start. It was 47-45. K-State tipped it in at the buzzer. That was the championship game? No, that was the opening oh. round. That was a 5-4 seed. Okay. All right. Hold on a minute. Let's do a little bit better match. Yeah, 5-4. Wow. And both teams ended up making the NCAA tournament. But it was funny because I'm my, my, here's how we went down there. And I'll bring this circle around here in a moment. The Huskers beat Oklahoma on a Sunday, final Sunday before Selection Sunday. They beat Billy Tubbs, and they were they were kind of the last Big Eight team to get in. I think they were, I think a seven or a ten seed eventually. Okay, but before that, you got to go through the Big Eight tournament. You're down at Kemper. Every Iowa State fans drinking Bud Light. I mean, they had hot pop a shot like we do for the March Madness. Oh yeah, we do. You know, yeah. well they had just a bunch of those. 
and it was free. So the kids would be down there doing that. There'd be blasted adults down there playing Papa Shot, and my dad ended up running into Danny Knee at Barry's. This is after the Oklahoma win. Okay. And, 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 and Danny's working his magic down in the old pit. And everyone's like, yeah, let's go to the Big A tournament. We just beat Oklahoma. And so we end up going. And it was it was really eye-opening to because to, I think uh, Chubbuck and Pikowski ended up spending time with my dad at the bar the night before the game. Oh, my gosh. And, <laughs> I mean, I remember seeing, you know, I was saying, hey, Dad, I'm going to go up to the room. The pool closed. He's like, all right. Say hi to Pike. <laughs> oh, no way. But it, it wasn't a great performance by anybody. Uh, Danny was Danny Lee was pissed because I think his wife spent the rest of the weekend, as he said, you don't want to lose early because your wife will still be shopping in Kansas City. <laughs> right? Yeah. So long and short, uh, Nebraska and Pike went off. I think they got beat by UConn that year in the first round. But Pike had a monster game. Uh you fast forward to today, and you have Dana's other old team, Creighton, down at the Fog against KU. That's on ESPN right now. We were supposed to broadcast that game, but they moved it from a night tip-off to the 4 o'clock tip-off. Mm-hmm. And sorry, <laughs> on, on Big Ten meltdown day, I was not going to go quietly <laughs> with, uh, with basketball. But you have a, a four-point game right now. 67-63, and you're a, you're a big-time Nebraska basketball fan. You've been going for forever, Willie J. Mm-hmm. And do you want to see Creighton pull this out? Because, you know, Nebraska's got a date with Creighton. You're coming up the 11th. Tomorrow yeah. night it's Nebraska-Georgia Tech. Or, do you I mean, Kansas barely survived the fighting bison of North Dakota State. And Nebraska beat those guys, right? Right. What do you think happens here, and who are you rooting for? I'm, I'm rooting for Creighton because I feel like if they and get... can you say that proudly as a Nebraska <laughs> basket? That's why I'm well, asking. I think it's weird because this whole Creighton hate week has been different than all the rest. Like I just today, I just real oh Creighton's on Friday. Right. You know, I I think if they lose tonight, they're gonna be want to punch someone in the face on Friday. So if they win tonight, three and zero, they're they're eighth. And I honestly, I mean, I think Nebraska matches up okay. With Creighton, what, what type of Nebraska team is going to show up to shoot? Right, right. I mean, they they they've got dudes. Nebraska's got a great great group of dudes. And what I mean by great, I mean I like this team. I like their mentality. They're not physical, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so, but I really like them, especially compared to last year, shooting an arrow, a make believe arrow, every time you hit a three. He had some real goofballs on last year's squad. Yeah. Maturity wise. Okay. You just did. Mm-hmm. You got some real dudes that have grinded out and stuck through. We heard Pisa talking about Adrian. Well, you've got a lot of stories and a lot of baggage with some of the kids that have found their way to the other side in a positive sense. So let's see if Creighton can 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 whack Kansas. This is a monster matchup, 5-3. It'd be nice for Husker basketball to get a shot at a, mm-hmm. a top-ten squad that's unbeaten. Tough week, too. I mean, Georgia Tech's not. No. You'll, no. you'll know more about yourself after Georgia Tech. And Listen, it's not the Greg Oden era where you've got someone at 7-2 that's three bills or 290 where it's just going to bully ball you. That said, 
it's still the Big Ten, and it's going to be Ohio State. It's going to be Purdue. It's going to be Sparty. It's going to be some physical teams. Yeah. I don't quite know the makeup of, of Georgia Tech, but I would, I would assume that they're pretty physical in the ACC. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a once great program trying to get back. So, Seattle, Nebraska looks against Georgia Tech, and then hopefully Creighton can handle this. Mm-hmm. Um, not to fact check you, Schmitty, but that ninety that ninety two uh, tournament game, New Mexico State. It was. Okay, it was not UConn. I think they got whacked. Check ninety three because they either lost. Okay. Yeah, because they lost to uh, they lost to Xavier and Tyrone Hill in ninety one. Then they lost to New Mexico State, right? Yep. In ninety two, and then UConn got him in ninety three, right? Let me get back to you. Right, because they lost one year to UConn. Are you finding? Get in there. Yeah, it's UConn in 93, and then they got beat by Penn in 94. Okay. You can fact check me, check me now. What, is the hamster dead in there? Is the computer not? Sports reference is making me mad. Okay, let's, let's that's fine. So I got two minutes here. You're a, not a Bastion Royals fan. Yeah. Talk to me about your first base acquisition. How about, I mean, how about that? He was great for the Indians. Uh, last season, man, he he could hit the ball, and for once, as a Royals fan, I think it's kind of cool to see them uh, spending money. I think that's what this new management is all about, and I, I'm here for it, man. Dude, the Glass family—they're the on part of the branch from the Walton Walmart family. Okay, okay, the the Glass family. Sure. That all right? Let's listen to Drayton, and let's get the 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 Dominican Academy going, and let's draft athletic guys like Alex, and let's get Moose, and let's find Hosmer, right? Let's go get Salvi. It paid off. I mean, you go back to back years of the World Series, you win once. It was a seven year build, and the payoff in fourteen and fifteen for certain. And now you, you didn't want to pay anybody, didn't want to pay Haas. You look at San Diego, right, how they've kind of built with the Tees. Mm-hmm. And you've got Haas as a leader in that clubhouse. Kansas City did the right move here. They went and got Carlos Santana, two-year contract. Uh, you've got a team offensively that you needed something. You lose Alex and, and his leadership. Uh, you've, got, you've got some pieces. I mean, Kansas City's found dudes. But this is a sign of commitment now. Let's not break our arm patting ourselves on the back. Santana still is 34. It's not like he's 27. <laughs> and you got multiple years with him. But maybe this new ownership will, will open the purse without screaming. We'll wind down a Tuesday next. And now... And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Okay, uh, we've got a 73-70 game here. Free throw missed by Kansas. I am lagging this just for uh, aesthetic purses, purposes. Three at the buzzer. But do we have a foul? We do have a foul on a three-point attempt. Oh, my God. So Creighton will head to the line for three free throws with 1.1 second remaining. The guy that's... Uh, player of the game here has gone for 23 points on 8 of 12 shooting just made the uh, brilliant decision to uh to whack the guy <laughs> from the wing so willie J, you're a three-point guy aren't you i mean I, i'd like to think i am but 
Mm-hmm. You know, got cut four times. So, you know, well, but you you went to uh, Lincoln East, of and course. East is a really good basketball program. Yeah, yep, they are. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I got cut a lot. Yeah. You were in shape and had some athleticism. I was a fat bastard in high school. <laughs> I had no business. So your plans tonight are what? You're going to be hoping. You're going to be watching uh, TV. You're going to go see. Uh, some friends, you're going to go out to eat. What do you do on Tuesday nights, Willie we, uh, J? We were planning on getting a game together, but we found out the rec closes early during break, so that's a no-go now. <laughs> there is another... Uh, do, you ever, do you ever hook up with the football teams? Like, no. Or, or, okay. No. Ever? No? If I go down to East Campus, or you know downtown campus, I play in there, but, you know. There, there, there were some legendary stories. Our old buddy Garth Glissman had a bunch of his, uh, his, his basketball buddies, because Garth played for Nebraska basketball, and he also played Nebraska football. But Garth had a pickup team of, of really good, like, athletes, and they would take on uh, they would take on some of the football players in the offseason. Like, Garth was guarding Sue. Oh, my God. And Garth was, like, working <laughs> Sue because Garth was – Garth went to a prep school. God, who was the guy for North Carolina that went 15th overall? A two-pointer hit by Creighton. Creighton loses, though, by a point seventy three seventy two. Kansas hangs on at the buzzer underneath their own rim. Uh, the guy who accused North Carolina of horrific a- academics, McLeod or something like that. God, this is not helping me. Forgive me. Anywho, that was Garth's roommate at prep school uh, from North Carolina. Rashard McCants. Richard McCants went went in the NBA first round, and um, that was Garth's roommate in in uh, prep school. Yeah. And long story short, Garth could play at that level. Really good ball player out of Waverly. Went to prep school, then walked on to Nebraska football and basketball. So him and Sue like hated each other playing one another, and and Sue would go serial killer mode on whoever's trying to guard him in the paint, and. There may be an elbow or something like below the belt where you get punched in the junk by Sue if you DM up too much. That was the urban legend when it comes to pick up basketball. And that's why I'm asking you, Willie J, if you have said, all right, we're going to go take on somebody at the wreck. Because those are pretty legendary. They are. And I have heard Martinez uh, is a pretty good ball player. Well, Adrian's a really good ball player. Yeah. So, so I, hey, by I, the way, I, I got to see that Willie J guarding uh, 2 a.m. Yeah, I don't know about that. My ankles would be gone. By the way, it was Pennsylvania in mm-hmm. 94. 94. Yep. And then it was 93 Wisconsin, uh, UConn. Tomorrow, and please check out Rick Pizzo. He had the latest on the Big Ten and Michigan, Ohio State. Good from Pizzo, great from Kaczynski. Mitch Sherman was phenomenal. Get the podcast, uh, the Herdat Media Network, and Find it hailvarsity.com. Get all of the in-demand, on-demand, ESPNLincoln.com, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play for Hail Varsity. Willie J, thank you. Back tomorrow at 4 on Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.